five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about direct to consumer today and some mail, of course. That's how we start. So let's get over it. But first, have some fun. This is a, uh, a commercial I've never seen and about a product I've never heard of, but we're going to be talking about it with Mark Ritson. So that ought to be fun. So here we go. Let's see. Click, click. I made this for you, Dad. Dude, you're better than this. I think this calls for a dude wipe. Dude wipes are non-woven dispersible man wipes. That's astrophysics for suck it, toilet paper. And unlike other wipes, dude wipes are fragrance free. So you don't get blindsided by a buttload of lavender. Now that's rare. So, stop being a dude to your ass by going to dudeproducts.com pick up a dude wipe and take dude it to the hole direct to consumer it must be up it was on uh, shark tank and mark cuban must have invested in it because he put himself in the oh my gosh now that's fresh come on dude take it to the hole okay well anyway so that must <laughs> It's, I think it's an interesting product, especially since, you know, you might, even for babies, you might have to, you might have to uh, dispose of a wipe in, in, you know, it's easier to dispose of it in a toilet if it's flushable. And so they are, and they've, uh, they've, they've pioneered a new category, <laughs> to say the least. Okay, let's find out where we go from here. Okay, we clip this off. And, uh, yep, here we go. Okay, so um, first off, I wanted to just talk about Walgreens. I talked, was going to talk about them yesterday. Uh, they, they've got disappointing sales. It's grown a teensy-weensy bit, uh, but not the store sales so much as the medical, other medical affiliations that they've been building with the Walgreens Boot Alliance, this is called. And uh, it's a kind of a... They call it a global alliance. I don't know quite. I don't know that much about it, um, but uh, they're, you know, they're trying to transform Walgreens into a more of a total health provider. Okay, and uh, it increases sales as it consolidates recent healthcare acquisitions. And you know, they make a point on their website of saying that 85% or something of the U.S. population is within five miles of a of a Walgreens. <laughs> That's pretty amazing, you know. Now, it, where I'm from, we, we probably have. Let's see. Yeah. Well, no, we have one, two, two within seven miles. Probably three, four that I can think of within ten miles. Um, so I'm. I'm thinking most people wouldn't go even that far. But anyway, when you've already reached the whole country, then you got to come up with some other ways to grow. If you're going to grow uh, your total overall sales, then you got to spend some of your profits and buy somebody else. Um, so they've been doing healthcare acquisitions. And um, the, the uh, sales for its third quarter, which is we're right in the – Coming into the fourth quarter, coming the fiscal year starts August 31st, I think. Um, 
Its third quarter sales rose 8.6% to $35.4 billion, exceeding expectations, uh, driven by its solid core business and its rapidly scaling healthcare growth engine. Retail sales, however, dipped 0.2%, dropped 0.2%, pressured by tobacco sales. Now, I know I used to be able to buy cigars and pipe tobacco at Walgreens, but I don't think they've sold that, at least where I'm from, for a while. So maybe they dropped it finally. It did seem to be a little bit paradoxical that they would be selling you know, carcinogen products while they're also trying to keep you healthy. Um, so they laid off 500 people. Um, profits fell 100 18 million, a decline of 59% from the comparable period prior year, and falling below expectations. Uh, and its operating loss grew from grew to 4.77 million compared to 320 million. So it laid off 500 people in its main offices in Deerfield, Illinois, right there by the by the uh, is it 494? I think yeah. Anyway, the bypass, the tollway, and uh, that's about 10% of its workforce. They closed 150 stores in the U.S. and 300 more in the U.K. Now, I don't know how many they've got in the U.K., but I did look up. And as of last August, they had 886, 8,886. Um, and so that's, you know, and in 2020, they had over 9,000. So they went down about 150 um, last year or in the last two years, and now they went on another 150. Uh, and I know that they were hit pretty hard. You know, in Minneapolis, one of the stores that got destroyed was, you know, was nearby where my kids used to live. Now they've moved out a little more out of town. Um, continued growth stemming from prescription sales, but better front-end results. Uh, it's trying to get better front-end results as it revamps its merchandise. Uh, they blame consumer pressure. Consumers are more price sensitive. Uh, Walgreens offers more convenience, so it charges premium for its retail items, not in favor by its computer or by its consumers. Um, and vaccine vaccinations are down. I I printed out some comments. So if you go to WDMA.org and subscribe, which is free, uh, you can get the show notes every day, marked up articles, but these are too small for me to read on here. But one of them said that uh, Walgreens has lost touch with their customers. This is from a shareholder. This was on the Yahoo story about it, uh, whereas this one was from uh, Media Post, Sarah Mahoney. So on Yahoo, they had about 15 comments. And uh, this stockholder and customer said that uh, they'd lost touch with their customers, emailing them repeatedly, um, telling telling customers what Walgreens wants to tell them, not what consumers want to know or want to hear. Uh, they said there was a botched IT. Somebody chimed in and said there was a botched IT reorganization, which has basically shuttered their automation efforts. Um, and so anyway, interesting, uh, interesting thoughts on that. Um, Ritson had a long article that I wanted to get to, and I got a little time left. Um, dismissing direct to consumer is just as dumb as dismissing retail. Okay. So you may have heard of dude wipes. We had that commercial to start off and, um, 
it was invented by by some friends, five friends, Sean Riley, Brian Wilkin, Ryan Megan, and Jeff Kimkowski. And they united around the common need to use something more powerful than basic toilet paper, but also something more flushable than traditional baby wipes. Okay, so if you think about a two-by-two grid, uh, up in the top right corner, there's a big empty hole. And uh, so by focusing relentlessly on everything ass-related with specific emphasis on celebrities who have experienced moments of extreme bowel looseness, uh, they've got some influencers. UFC fighter Tyrone Woodley had his logo emblazoned across the back end of his trunks. And when Justine Kish lost control of her bowels while being <laughs> while being choked out at a UFC tournament, they sponsored her too. Uh, Archie Bradley apparently had some problems with that, <laughs> so they sponsored him, sent him a jumbo pack, and the gesture went viral. Isaiah Cromwell uh, celebrated his touchdown with the New York Jets with a simulated uh, – wiping motion and so they signed him to a multi-year endorsement there it is dude wipes right there um so it's a first class example of a company grasping position according to ritson the ceo sean riley's brash fun and the brand he founded a decade ago is now valued at 300 million okay okay so i'll bet one thing he's talking seriously so I'll bet one thing he's taking seriously is dude wipes. But like many great founders that preceded him, Riley has worked out that his persona is directly associated with his brand. So he plays it cool, manly, and very 21st century. So you remember direct-to-consumer? Well, Riley took to LinkedIn last week with a short, sharp message about direct-to-consumer. He said, basically, uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's had it okay so each brand starts out strong with a backstory embellished for instagram but each is usually followed with the same basic direct-to-consumer playbook enter an established uh, category make up a bunch of baloney about how revolutionary your brand is only spend money on digital communications and sell directly through your website and never ever use wholesalers and retail because they move too slow but um lastly lose a lot of money because while the paragraph above shows sounds great in GQ, written by a guy with a degree in anthropology uh, who likes your chinos, it makes zero sense to anyone with real experience. You need to build a big brand, and you need mass communications and ridiculously huge distribution of Walmart, Target, and the other cool, uncool retailers. So Sean started posting... Uh, with the dreaded acronym DTC and stop wasting time and money on DTC. You get huge network effect from price from piping all your online efforts into a retailers.coms. So right. So now you can advertise on Walmart and and Target and Amazon and um, you you know you don't need they they don't have to even put it in the stores. They can just say it's available online only and it can still boost your sales dramatically so don't have an ego that your dot-com is so cool that customers prefer to buy there they don't they want to buy your stuff the same place they buy all their other stuff and um but ritson says not yes true dtc is not a panacea it was once purported to be but um 
and digital communications is a dumb is a dumb business model. You can't just ship from China. And the growing power of retail media, in other words, those those shopping networks. Um, but he also says that Sean's uh, oversimplistic sign-off that retail is greater than DTC is just as silly as anything that came out months with the mouths of the direct-to-consumers that preceded him. Uh, he cited a, an article by Daryl Rigby back in 2011, which we will put up on the show notes on WDMA.org. And um, Rigby had a future of omni-channel where e-commerce would be increasingly impossible to de- delineate from general retailing as the store experience and online activity blurred into one. Each channel comes with its own strengths and weakness, and each brand must mix and match uh the options to strategic advantage. So um, they want the advantages of digital, such as broad selection consumers, rich product information, and customer reviews and tips. But they also want personal service and the ability to touch the products and to put them in their cart along with a lot of other stuff and do it all in one trip. Um, So Rigby not only saw the digital revolution ahead, but also its eventual absorption into a newly formed status quo. So he also correctly prescribed the right path for traditional retailers, which was to get online. And uh, not both, or both, not either, was the way. So uh, when Sean Riley concluded that retail is greater than DTC, uh, he was just incorrect. Saying dogmatic no to DCT is, is dumb, and big retailers do exact a huge marginal toll but they earn the money through their footprint and making the making everything accessible um and so the other thing that that mark leaves out you know and he has to stop some talking sometime is that with direct to consumer if you have if you have mail as part of the equation you can also get information that's not available on digital or mass media or at retail and uh, none of those media give you a clue of who is engaged but not interested. So we're going over to Andrea Stevens, and she's from um, she's from uh, LS Direct. <laughs> and she said her clients are saying direct mail is so expensive, and uh, but she says that online advertising costs are increasing by four times the amount that that uh, postage is going up. And here she cites Meta, cost per thousand is up 61%, TikTok 185%, Google programmatic 75%, and Instagram is up 23%. Of course, that isn't 400%. It's a long way from that. I hope she isn't quoting me because I think I did say four four times. (laughs) It might have been from her. We might be quoting each other like the media does and uh, and verifying made-up statistics. I'm not sure. But then she says, well, there's always email, right? And if you remember the Walgreens article, it says uh, it's cheap but not effective. You can block it, but, you know, in many cases, I just filter it. I send I send a lot of a lot of email. You know, I don't notify them. I don't unsubscribe. just disappears for me. I never see it again. Never, ever, ever see it again. It's wonderful. 
Anyway, so marketers want their brand and message to stand out. And direct mail is a great way to make this happen. Every time a consumer holds a direct mail piece in their hand, they must interact with your brand. Okay, right. Even if they're just holding it long enough to throw it in the trash. You know, and there's things you can do about that, too. You can start by testing an envelope or an indicia. You know, a postcard may be too disposable. Maybe you want something that invites them to open it and engage a little further. So first, they notice it. And second, they decide on whether they want to react to it. And thirdly, they actually actively decide whether to save the piece or recycle it. And I would say there's a couple more pieces to it. One is that we know who got it. We know all the people who got it because of informed visibility from the Postal Service. We know it went to a decision maker in the household because not everybody opens the mail. You know, not everybody picks it up either. Only the decision maker is allowed to make those decisions. So there's a decision right off the bat, as 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 uh, Andrea correctly points out. Um, and there's also a decision in many cases whether to buy or not uh, or to become a lead or not. And so we cut through a lot of that clicks and and views and all the things that the digital people are so fond of. Um, so so mail has engagement, you know, even and one advantage of the postcard is that you see it, throw it away, see it, throw it away. Maybe it's for tree service. See it, throw it away, see it, throw it away. And then all of a sudden a hurricane comes through. And all of a sudden, you, the only one you remember is that one that you've been seeing and throwing away. So excellent piece of information by Andrea. And um, your marketing budget should effectively include both online and offline marketing programs. Oh, and so when we know that we, when we know that your message got delivered and engaged with by a decision maker, then we also know who engaged and did not buy. And that allows AI to work. So if you want to do AI, and a lot of people are talking about it today, you need a, a, a labeled data set by humans. And direct mail baked in has the labeled data set of engaged non-buyers and engaged buyers. And your AI then can tell you the difference and tell you what your offer, who your offer appealed to. And uh, you can you know, understand their demographics, which leads to greater testing, greater understanding, much greater than you'll get from just direct-to-consumer digital or from retail, where you send it to a warehouse and you don't know who buys it. So have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.